What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 8 to 14, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So, yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood. I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fatherhood matters. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and to have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is the one and only Jonathan Wayne Freeman. He has brought more laughter and joy in my life than any other Instagram star. For real, if you haven't seen him, please hit pause, go follow him, and come back. This guy is why I almost have abs from all the laughter. But in the midst of the humor is a deep sense of meaning, purpose, and the overall just enjoyment of life. The main nugget that I got from talking to Jonathan was a statement he made, not only in his words, but in his life story that he shared. And here it is. All the rewards are on the other side of fear. My friends, the one and only Jonathan Wayne Freeman. (laughs) All right, here we go. Fatherhood Field Notes podcast with Jonathan Wayne Freeman. I've been fanboying out all day, excited to talk to this guy who makes me laugh more than anybody else on Instagram. So John, what's up, man? Welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously, me and my friends, uh, and if you're in the surf culture, you know the name Jonathan Wayne Freeman. He makes you laugh too. Uh, We you know, share your posts with each other more than any other because you're cracking us up, man. Last last night, I, I went through for like a half an hour going like, okay, what's my funniest one? And I wrote down, I don't know, like 40 and I couldn't, I couldn't pick which was my funniest one. But I have to say the most recently was your um, ode to Costco about uh, the dishwasher. Yeah, that did not go well. We, uh, we had to uh, work our way around the Costco services and employ a plumber to get it installed. The Costco really dropped the ball on that one. But the dishwasher is installed. We are happy now and it's all good. <laughs> so you definitely have to go check that out. So John, I'm going to just rapid fire some stuff at you for people to get to know you. So where do you live? I live in Oceanside, California, which is the furthest North city in San Diego County. Okay, perfect. When I got married, we first lived in Carlsbad, so not too far. Away yes, from Carl, Carlsbad is our nice neighbor. That's where the... Uh, where the well-to-do folks live. Our neighborhood has a bit more of an edge. The murder rate's a little higher, but we like it. It's it's blue collar. It's good time. Good time. It's so good. And then how many years have you been married? I've been married 12 years, 12 years, 13 this July. It'll be. When's your wedding anniversary? July 26. Okay. We're July 10th. Nice. Nice. And how many kid kiddos you guys have got? We have two sons. Um, one just turned six. The other one's seven, and he's about to turn eight. Okay, yep. so no messing around. Got right to business when it was time to go, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, we were old. We're old, and time was not on our side. So we, needed, <laughs> we needed to make this thing happen if we were going to do it. Now, how old are you right now? I'm 41. 41. All right. 41 young. Loving it, man. Yeah. And, dude, Red. so, I mean – your Instagram's all about surfing. And then as we're talking right now, your wife is out surfing. So is that your boys into surfing as well? Yeah, we didn't want to push it on them because I've seen so many kids get freaked mm. out in the water from a young age. So the seven-year-old, he's stood up a few times. He digs it, but you got to take him to the right spot. Yep. It's mellow and slow. Um, and with a lot of stuff, I found I'm not always the best teacher. It helps to bring in somebody else and they seem to do better with them than me on some stuff. And with surfing, I think I'm so connected to it and I I want them to love it so much that it's kind of better to put it into somebody else's hands. But they're, yeah, we're always at the beach and they're always going to be around it. Whether they choose to pick it up or not, that's that's all up to them. It doesn't matter to me. 
Yeah. And I think that's such a rad approach, you know, because you, you find, and it could be in any sport. I think it's just easiest to pick on the football dads, you know, that kind of, my son's going to play football because I played football and it could be in any sport. That's just the, sorry, football dads, the one that we pick on. So I think having that mentality is great for your kid's health, you know? Um, so solid, solid. Okay. And then real quick, I kind of hate this question. Um, it's what do you do for a living? The reason why I hate the question is because most men, it's the first thing we ask each other and we do it in a way to size each other up versus, you know, like, do I feel good about myself or not? So it's kind of a shitty question, but the only reason I do it is because fatherhood is a level playing field and it doesn't matter if I make a million a year or I make $30,000 a year. We have the same challenges when my kid's born, like, holy crap, or when my kid turns 10 or when my daughter goes to high school or whatever, right? We have the same challenges. So I think it's good for dudes to go, oh, man, this guy might be that, but we have the same challenges. So with that, what do you do for a living? I am a paramedic. I've been one for 10 years, um, but I sort of do social media stuff for a living now. I'm yeah, bro. Uh, doing better doing that than I am at my day job and I'm slowly getting out of it, especially right now, the way the world is, I am kind of, I I love helping people. That's why I got into it to begin with, but I love making people laugh the most. And I feel like I've done my time in the trenches. (laughs) And when I go to my day job, I can't wait to leave. When I go work for a company like bug assault or make commercials or do something like with surfer magazine it doesn't feel like work i'm full of joy i'm full of energy and it's all i want to do so i'm transitioning out of that i'll keep my paramedic license as a backup so it's always there kind of like a mechanic knows how to fix cars i'll always keep those skills if i need to jump back in there and make some money but um yeah that's where i'm at with the work stuff yeah. So then talk about, let's just take a couple of minutes and talk about Instagram, right? It's uh, I think 2018, you started just posting funny videos and then here you are now with a ton of followers and some brands that you're representing. You got your own, you could get, you know, you got your own hats and shirts and stuff. Um, merch, which are awesome. merch. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so talk to me about that. So that, I mean, that is kind of your life's work now. So take a couple of minutes and talk about that. So I had a one and a half year old and a three year old and I got my dream job in 2016 with the Santa Barbara County Fire Department. So I was going to be a firefighter paramedic. I worked for years to get there and I was like, I'm going to live by the beach. I'm going to surf Rincon. Like this is going to be insane. Um, And I didn't pass the academy. And Mm. I was like devastated. Um, But I knew like in my gut, I was like, okay, this is, it's time for a change. And I was 37 years old and I ended up as a janitor working nights for the Carlsbad school district where you used to live. I worked at an elementary school and every single night I had to clean an entire school and I would listen to podcasts and I really had a lot of time to think about everything. My, Hmm. my faith, my beliefs, life in general. What do I want to do while I'm here? I've been a medic. I know how life's short. You know, I know how it can end quickly. And I've, I've seen that. And that is when I decided I wanted to do what I knew what I wanted to do when I was 13, 14, which was be a comedian and make people laugh. And I knew that I didn't have the time to go out every night and do stand up and practice and get that muscle strong. Usually takes about 10 years to get good at standup. And I had done some of that in the past, but I was thinking, okay, so what's the quickest route to get my face out there the quickest? And it was either Instagram or YouTube. And while I was working as a janitor, I would just make these funny videos as a janitor. <laughs> and, and I had like 130 followers and um, people seemed to like it. People were like, is he serious? Is he not? But what I was doing was just, you know, like being the class clown. And then um, I went back to being a paramedic after working for a year as a janitor. And I just started making these videos. And then Kook of the Day, which is a Instagram page that has almost a million followers, yeah. um, 
they picked up one of my videos and then it was like off to the races and the surf stuff just came about because I was saying a lot of stuff that surfers picked up on that we know this culture and, and this world. So then a lot of it kind came about surfing, but the most well-received stuff I've done has been about family. That's kind of like obviously more universal. So I'm trying to shift a little bit more that way because oh, really? I love surfing. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm on the TikTok now, bro. Just oh, got two hundred fifty thousand views on on a, on a video with my boys. Dude, yeah. that's sick! Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so I just I stopped caring and you know stopped worrying about what my parents thought, what anybody thought, and I'm like, I'm just gonna be honest, and and it's been really, really fun. It's only been about a year and a half. And I've had so many doors open, so many opportunities, working for different companies, doing all this cool stuff. And um, I'm so excited for 2021 to see what happens next. Yeah. Man, that's so cool. And, you know, just, you know, we've never met from my outside perspective, you know, of, of being, you know, laying in bed and opening up Instagram and vegging out for a minute. The stuff is all hilarious obviously like you got the surf culture you got the family stuff um but i definitely feel as though there is a spin of like don't take too life too serious but not from this like stoner you don't care mindset but from this like this all matters and today matters and enjoy enjoy it right yeah. so it, it, and that's from a goofy weird fun stance which i think is so much better than there's just so much of the like other stuff that's just too serious there's so much stuff i have so many thoughts on and i'm constantly baffled by some of the stuff that's insanely popular um everything i do i try to show that there's a heart behind it mm -hmm. and that i actually care about what i'm doing and i never intended this to be anything but a starting point for me i think i'm going to branch out and do other things from this um and I want it to kind of be like a home base, that page. And like, there's even stuff where I've talked, you know, I'll do like a 10 minute video talking about how lost I felt from the ages of 18 to 25. And that stuff resonates way more than some silly, short, funny video I make, because there's just some stuff people don't really talk about. No one talked to me about it, like that right. I would feel, feel lost. So then you get all these DMs from young guys and that's really cool. It's almost like a, a preacher type platform but i'm not you know putting anything else behind it other than you know common sense and my experience yeah but that's what it should be about right i mean if you were even going to look at let's just say a pastor or preacher or whatever i mean that's the, the the point is that we need to learn from each other right and you say young dudes are reaching out i mean the dudes who are going to listen to this who are who are following you who are new young dads to go oh wait a second this whole dad thing is not a joke <laughs> This is serious. This is a great opportunity, but it doesn't mean that I all of a sudden have to shop at the Gap, have my wife buy all my clothes and be Ned Flanders, right? I mean, and I think that sometimes that's the mentality is like, oh, I'm married now or, oh, you know, I, I have a, I'm a dad now. Now you do make a ton of funny, real jokes about being married, which are real and fun, but it's like embracing the messiness of it. Like marriage is freaking hard and there is conflict but that doesn't mean it's not still epic and amazing and fun. Absolutely. And the mess is a part of it. But the thing like the thing I cannot stand is the fakeness. I can spot it like this and it's mm. rampant. Whether whether it's your fake family pictures, your fake YouTube family, your post right. your post your posts about just like dumb stuff, like be honest, be real, be authentic. That's the people I want to connect with. All the other stuff, you can flush it down a toilet because it means nothing. And like, I know what's really going on in most homes. Like, I can I can usually tell like, oh, here's right. how it works. You know, like just, just be honest and be real. And that's where all the funny stuff comes from. And the, the thing I've got back from people over and over back is, well, you're really not afraid to like put it out there and just be authentic. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I? We all know what's what's we real. We all know what's happening. Yeah. yeah, don't don't be stupid about this. So that's that's the stuff I like, you know. Um, and at the same time, too, like 
I've gone out of my way to not show my children's faces. Like you'll hear their voices sometimes. I cannot stand the people that exploit their kids, their cuteness or whatever for financial gain or for this to make Mm -hmm. themselves look better. And it's everywhere and it's lame. I can't stand it. That's just my personal opinion. No, no, it's it's so good. It's so good. Uh, one night, my wife and I, I was just dying laughing. I, f- I forget which video it was. I'm dying laughing. And so my wife sits with me. I'm like, you got to look. And so we're just scrolling. And then we're she's like, oh, I want to see, see his wife. You know, so we had to scroll forever to find something, which is <laughs> intentional, right? Because, you know, you'll do it from an angle. You, you just don't you don't do it just for your own sake. It's not like, okay, today's Tuesday. Oh shoot. Today's um, a marriage day. So let me make sure to get a video with my wife and shoot 10 clips of it until I get the right one. Right. Like how, how awful would that be no. anyways? Uh, so dude, anyway, there's, so. there's literally zero planning. My wife is constantly <laughs> like, dude, put a little bit of effort, but I think that's part of the fun. Like yeah, I, when, if the, the moment, if the moment strikes, you just do it and you don't always get it right. And those usually are the ones that come down. You you miss the mark and you adjust. And over time, I've learned like, well, don't post when you're angry. Don't po- unless it's funny angry. You know, there's different right. things that you figure out. Yeah, Dude, for it's, sure. It's, it, it's so good. So I'm going to ask a few more questions. So when you think about you know you being a dad, you know, you've been, gone through kind of the the baby stage, the toddler stage. Now you have you know middle elementary age. What's been the best resource for you? The best resource was my own parents. I have an incredible mother, an incredible father. They've been married almost 50 years. They're solid. Yeah, Yeah, solid, solid human beings. My dad, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, Very hardworking. Uh, He's almost like, in my mind, as I've gotten older, I know he's not perfect, but I've never heard him say a swear word. He's never drank alcohol. He treats my mother amazing. I never heard him fight. They must have done it in some dungeon somewhere where we couldn't hear him. Um, and my mom is a classic, probably did too much for me. I didn't even know how to do laundry till I was 21 years old. Like, um, but, but they are what gave me the tools to understand how to be a father. And they treated me from a very young age almost as if I was an adult. They would speak Hmm. to me that you're smart. You know better than this. There was an expectation of behavior in my household that all it took was a look from my father. And I didn't want to disappoint him because I loved him, not out of fear, not out of anything. It was just, he's a wonderful person and he loves my mom. He loves my sisters. Um, But as far as a tool that I found and that my wife found was a book called Baby Wise. Scheduling, sleep, sleep, food, right? This was everything. Having them on a schedule, the first two weeks you bring them home from the hospital are insane no matter what. Like I literally, there was one point where I looked at my kid and I totally understood like, like, Pushing, putting a kid like the church story, pushing him down the river. <laughs> like I, I was like no three in the morning, yeah, yeah, losing my mind. But then I was like, oh wait a second, this is there's something there. God gives you this thing. You look, you're like, he looks like me. I can't get rid of him. He's my boy. But the scheduling was everything. To this day, they're still about that schedule, and I know if something's up, they're either sick, they haven't slept, or they're hungry, even though they're almost eight and six. And I see so many people that just go into parenthood like, well, we're just going to wing it and we're just going to power through. It's like, dude, make it about yourself. Make your life easier. You don't have to stay up with this crying kid. Let him cry it out. Let him self-soothe. Yes. Let, like I watch in my neighborhood, dude, I see the most insane things other parents do where I'm just like, but you're supposed to sit here and not say anything to the other parents. And I see so many parents with kids that are insane, like <laughs> dang, dang, dangerous, insane, full speed. And they just sit and act like, 
like nothing's going on. And you're sitting there going, what, what are you doing? But then I'll find out. Well, the kid goes to bed at this time. He wakes up at five in the morning. He runs the household. He takes care of everything. Like he's in charge. They'll turn to their five-year-old or four-year-old and go, what do you want to do today? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be? So there's a four-year-old who's running the household. It's the dumbest stuff. <laughs> and I see incredibly smart people that I'm like, dude, this isn't rocket science. Right. Be an adult, be, an adult, be the parent. You know, and we, every kid has different strengths and different weaknesses, but if they're rested, you know, and they get proper exercise they need, like, it's usually pretty good, but dude, I could go on and on. So we, we did baby wise, but I was 23, 22, 23. We had our first kid and I remember going into my wife, you know, like two, three weeks in going, it ain't going to work, you know, cause she was all about baby wise. You know, I could have been more intentional, more engaged in it at that point. And I'm like, this ain't working. She's crying. And you're like sleep deprived. Like you're saying, and it's awful. And she's just like, trust me, trust me. You know, she had a cousin telling her how to do it. And she read the book and bro, all five of our kids, you know, two, three months old, they're sleeping through the night game mm-hmm. changer. Same here. The first, first first month and a half, two months, it's gonna be gnarly. But yeah, telling like I'd be like, oh yeah, you're you're four month old. You put him to bed at this time and he sleeps through the night. Yeah, why? We just trained him to do it. We conditioned him. We just did the same thing every day. Like it's not that hard. I don't know. Don't know what to tell you. And that's that's another thing though. Kids are born with their certain dispositions right? Every kid is different. And I may have pretty mellow kids, but also their structure and there's a hierarchy of what dad says we're going to do, but there's also honesty. When dad makes a mistake, he acknowledges it. Mm. Dad's not perfect. Mom's not perfect. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just see so many, so much stuff. The, The main thing is being around other parents, their kids are like wild animals. I call them bam bams, like dangerous boys, like swinging stuff around, going through. They'll come into my garage and like going through my stuff and their parents are standing right there and they don't say anything. And that just makes you look like an asshole. Like <laughs> you're an idiot. Nobody likes yeah. you, if you if you do that. Like parent your kids, dummy. Just, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it's well because it matters, right? That's why it's it's not like we just don't like the other people's kid. It's like they're missing out on the opportunity to do something significant. You're raising a human and you said from the beginning your parents talked to you and treated you like an adult and not in the sense that they weren't loving and kind, but that they prepared you for the real world and the real world is you've got to discipline your life. Otherwise it's just chaotic, you know? Um I just want to go back, you know, just for a moment. You said your parents have been married 50 years. Like what an incredible gift. Um, and so dads that are listening know that you could give that gift to your kid. You know, the fact that you're going to invest in this marriage, be consistent, like your kid's going to be talking about you when he's 41, like John's talking about his dad and every little day, every little decision is going to be how your 41 year old is going to respond, you know, to the question of, Hey, tell me about your dad. Well, he was a total asshole or he was consistent. He loved my mom and he treated her well. And like, that's dude, this that's re- life. Dude, it's this relationship between him. It's with daughters too, but I'll just speak from, from a, a man's point of view. Um, a man and his son. I can't tell you, I have friends that aren't here anymore that committed mm-hmm. suicide because that relationship was so bad. Multiple wow. people, everything I've seen with young boys, that relationship with the father is key. If it is not good, their life can go so far in the wrong direction. And I have so much respect for people that had that terrible relationship and then changed direction sure. and then became, became that father that their dad wasn't. But a lot of people can't do that. It's like a piece is missing and a piece yes. is broken. And it's so sad to see. And you can talk to, I have friends today, adult men, we could sit down and if they start to talk about their dad, like it is just spite and anger Mm. and sadness. It's, 
it's so key and so crucial. But I also, I'll say this, and I'm being kind of funny, but I'm also not being kind of funny. I think there's so many people that should not have got married and had children. <laughs> and I truly believe this. I truly believe that when you meet the person you're supposed to be with, there is that full chemical reaction, right? Where you're falling in love and, and she's the most amazing person you've ever met. And I'll, let, I'll say this, and it's reciprocated. So you're both in love and nature tells you, this is your partner. This is who you should make babies with. There's a lot of people out there that got married for the wrong reasons, had kids and their kids are kind of nuts. And I'm always like, <laughs> Is there something to this? I can't prove this scientifically, but this is my guess that maybe you shouldn't have had children. You shouldn't have made it. It wasn't the right right thing. To do. <laughs> That's probably true. But what oh. about that dude? What about that dude who is maybe in that situation? What would you tell him? Like, what do you do? Is that a pass for him to go? Oh, I'm going to get divorced bro, and I'll bail, bro, dude. No, it's not a pass because the moment huge and I, dude, I'll get this. Will be my this is what I tell anyone. If you're prepared to have adult relations with yeah. a person of the opposite sex, then you better be prepared to be a parent. And everything that goes along with that, that's called accepting responsibility and adulthood. But we also know so many people, I have friends whose wives are terrible. They're the worst. <laughs> they're awful. And they're miserable. They hate their life. And it's like, well, Let's just hope you find a time machine and you can go 10 years back and maybe make a different decision. But again, that's like, what do you do as a friend? Like I've ceased, do you, do you go, don't marry her. Don't do that. Or vice yeah. versa. Don't marry him. You can't say that. So once you find yourself and then you have the little ones, well, you know, it, and except for a few extreme examples, like where there's either abuse or things like that, where you right. need to get out of there, right. you should probably either get counseling or figure out what's going on. It's usually going to take a lot of self-work between these two people to figure out how to be cohesive. And I've seen it work, but I've also seen how many times have we seen, let's wait till the kids are 18 and then- Yeah, and then just well, peace out. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> so That's not I, good for the kids either. It's, I think it's you made a great not. point, man, is it's an opportunity to work on yourself. You know, it's an opportunity to show your kids it's possible. You know, and look at our world. We're so divisive where it's like, oh, they don't think or look or believe or feel like me. Then it's, it's, we just total separation. And it's like, no, dude, you got to figure out how to work together. I'm also a believer though in this too. I think just love covers up so many mistakes. Like when, mm. like we have friends who have kids that I'm just like, I cannot stand their kids. <laughs> and mom, mom, mom and dad read, read every parenting book. And I want to grab them and shake them and go, you're not getting any answers from these books. Okay. Here's what you need to do. But that's not my place, right? I don't right. get maybe discipline them. I don't know. Maybe draw some boundaries. Maybe be a parent. Maybe be an adult. Um, but I, it's not my place to say that. But what I was going to say is I think love, like, covers up a lot of mistakes, providing a home, providing safety, providing comfort, like that can correct for a lot of screw ups. I've been as a paramedic and I was in law enforcement for a time into extremely awful living yeah. situations where children are at. And it is the saddest, most horrific thing. Our prison is filled with people that come from these violent, rough upbringings from the time they're born, all they know is chaos and they develop completely different than somebody that grows up in a place where there's love. So to all these books that changed flavor, parent this way, parent that way, it changes every few, few years. There's some new, new technique. Yeah. How about love, love and treat your wife with respect and love and get this. That's where your kids are going to learn how to treat a woman. Yep. So it's basic. And like you said, I mean, if the kids can grow up in, in a stable home, that's, that could be your job. Like dedicate yourself to just creating a stable home. And then 
I think that I think that fatherhood could change the world. That's why I talk about it because our prisons, our 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 suicide rates are just two things that you brought up. That if dads just took responsibility, showed up, provided some love, swallowed their pride, and didn't become a passive idiot, the world would look different. Hundred hundred percent. I couldn't agree more with you. Um, it's so so crucial. If you have children, you need to be there for them. You have to. It is like you are their world. It's where they get everything. I look back now when I was a kid, my dad was a complete hero to me. He was a Mm. superhero in every way, shape, and form. And in a way, he still is because he has lived his life in a way that he wasn't a hypocrite. He's a real deal. It's like, it's a real deal. At this point, like if he screwed up tomorrow, it would probably screw me up, even at this age, because I'd be like, maybe, yeah. maybe not, because he is human, but he's he's presented this. this. And if you talk to him, he, he'll say he, maybe he doesn't think he was a good dad. He wasn't there enough. He was working too much. And I'm like, what are you talking about? My time I did spend with you was the best. Yeah. So, but he has a different view. Um, yeah, and we're all harder on ourselves, right? So when you think about that, we talked about um, a lot of stuff, but when you think about the role of the father, you know, so we've kind of talked about it a bit, but if you were kind of na- narrow that down to like a sentence or two, what would you say the role of the father is? I see it as you are the example of what a man is supposed to be. Because I looked at him in every way, shape, and form, and I modeled his behavior from the way I sat in a chair to the way I looked at people to the way I talked to my tone to the way I drive. Every little thing, little boys watched their dads, and I never took my eyes off him. And I think a lot of people that, that you know, it can go the other way too, was dad wasted all the time and that's what you're seeing was he present i think the role is a protector a nurturer to show them that a man is supposed to be tough but also soft to be vulnerable he admits mm, his yeah. mis- he admits his mistakes he's not afraid to be wrong he works hard and to be like a lamp or a light a guide to say Here's where I've been before. Go this way. Don't do this way. And to really hammer that home. That's something I didn't listen to my dad a lot. And I wish we had more moments where he could have been more open, but that I learned differently. I wanted more from him, like conversation wise. Growing up in the church, it was very much like this. Don't have sex till you're married. Don't drink alcohol. And that was the end of the conversation. And I was like, well, wait a second some questions about that. There's human beings everywhere. Clearly everybody is doing this. Like it can't like, you know what I mean? I needed more, not just to have the church tell me these things. My youth pastor just tell me these things. I needed real world. Like, tell me why you got married. You got married at 19 years old. Like, I don't want to do that. That seems crazy. Like let's have these conversations. But with him, it was really, you know, short stuff. You know, I started dating girls in high school and I was like, here's, here's my sex talk. Hey son, wait till marriage. Best decision I ever made. That was it. And that was awkward <laughs> for him. Right. It was awkward for him to talk about it. So I would end up going to mom because mom to me seemed cooler when it came to that kind of stuff. She had three brothers or I would talk to an uncle or something like that. So I hope that with my boys, we have this ongoing dialogue that's very truthful and very honest and that I can communicate to them that they will be so much further ahead in life if they can take these lessons I'm giving them and apply them. Because had I listened to my dad starting at 18 years old, I'd be so much further ahead right now. Mm. Instead, I'm 41 and I'm like still putting the pieces together. So, yeah, no, I think that's really good because just in a similar way is, uh, the church, you know, growing up in the church as well. I felt like that was the answer for so much is there was just a, um, a fact you don't have sex till you're married. 
you don't drink, you don't read Harry Potter, you don't celebrate Halloween, like whatever the things are that you're not allowed to do without any context as to why. So I'm 37. And I would say that there are certain things that I am unburying. Like I am, I love God. I love Jesus. I'm all about it. But there are certain things and I'll say mindsets around money, mindsets around sex. I didn't start drinking till I was 31. Um, <clears throat> and so there was these mindsets I had to unbury myself from because they were just so factually like you just, you just don't, you just don't. So if, if I were to participate in any of those things, there's just like all the shame and guilt about it. Not because I knew why I wasn't supposed to be doing it. Shame, shame, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shame, shame. So anyways, I think that the, the point of, you know, it's like me and my son just hiked half dome and we've already had the sex talk, but we had the wet dream talk. He's 11, you know, and it's just me and him hiking half dome. And I'm like, bro, this is what's going to happen. Let's talk about it. And so it doesn't have to be weird unless you make it weird, you know, and, and I try not to make it too silly. I mean, I've leaned more into the silly than I do into the like nocturnal emission. And, you know, <laughs> that's my uh, favorite. That's my favorite word. That's that's what we say in the in the Freeman home. Nocturnal mission. <laughs> so, but I love what you're saying because you're doing the same thing with your boys, right? And that's the point is like, let's just talk about this. And it's open to talk about whenever you want to talk to me about it. I'm not gonna make it weird. No, and 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 also if it does get weird at times, like have a sense of humor and let's all laugh about it. Because for sure. A sense of humor is another thing that covers up a lot of mistakes and like the ability to laugh at ourselves and yeah, you know, like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's so different. My dad, for instance, like he's not a hugger. His dad wasn't mm -hmm. a hugger. He's not a guy that says, I love you. But when I was like 17, 16, I just started grabbing him. Like, mm -hmm. I need this. I'm hugging you and I'm tell telling you, I love you. And that's gotten better over the years. You know, especially as he's gotten older and his testosterone's gone down a bit. We're doing better. It's good. <laughs> Isn't hugs. it crazy though? <laughs> Man, it's crazy how, you know, we're 40 years old and our, there's still this feeling towards our dad. You know, and I think sometimes you with, with, with men now with little kids, you're like, ah, it's not going to matter. They're going to move out one day. But no, it's like we're always going to have this feeling towards our dad forever for the rest of our lives. It's huge. Like the time we have to spend with our kids is huge. And it doesn't have to be like we're spending every minute, but be aware of the time you're spending with them. Yeah. And that's something I definitely need to work on and be, have more of those moments because they're going fast, mm, especially yeah. being like a, a creative, creative type person. I'm in my head a lot and I'm thinking about things and myself and being self-centered and ideas. And I look at how much time my wife's spending with them and how she's teaching them piano. She's like sitting down and like they want that same kind of connection with me. And I need to give that to them more because it's very valuable. I just forget sometimes that it is so valuable, um, that time. Yeah. And I you think know. that's the thing is like having the conversations and being aware of it as, as men, as work, like I love to work. <clears throat> like I love, I love it. And so it's easy to get caught up. And sometimes I think the reward is more immediate. Like at the end of a work day, I could feel great about my accomplishment, but at the end of a family meal that sort of fell apart and kids are fighting and you know, the messiness of the night that sometimes it doesn't have that same feeling of like, Oh man, I put in a good day being a dad, a dad tonight. It's, it's, it's uh, I don't think it's as easy to feel that kind of that stroke of the ego. Yeah. No, I just, they're only little for like a second. I'm already just like, where's my babies at, you know? And they're putting yeah. on my shoulders or, or carrying them. I'm like, this is going so fast. And then some of the questions that they're beginning to ask and to see that new brain, I'm always like, oh, a fresh brain. Look how bright you are. Like, whew, dang, you got to take care of this, buddy. You could like, you see all that potential in them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Don't you don't want to screw it up? I know. You know you want them to to fly, fly a little birdie. And and I already know. I feel it in my head. I'm like, dude, when they leave the house, I'll be the one crying. I'll be the one breaking. Like when I took my kid to kindergarten for the first time, because I spent a ton of time with them as a dad, like when they were little, like because I 
you know, my wife was working full time and I worked 10 days a month because of the, mm -hmm. I'm on shift work. Yeah. So I changed diapers. I was with them from all about the Bob stroller from the time they were really little. And, uh, yeah, when I dropped them off at kindergarten, I just remember just being like, I believe I'm sitting in my car crying right now. It's like, I don't want to leave this guy alone. And it's a step where he's growing up and you're just yeah. like, ah, oh, oh this guy's. Man, I did something recently and, you know, cause I'm, I'm working on some projects and I love to, you know, what's my three year, five year, 10 year goal kind of stuff. You know, I got some creative ideas I want to work on and I just did that. <clears throat> and what I did, you know, I'm all wrapped up in, oh, this is going to be awesome. And I'm gonna write this book. I'm gonna do this, that, and the other. And I put my kids ages at those three, five and 10 year mark. And I was like, holy sheesh, you know, in my mind thinking about my business 10 years from now is easy to go. It's going to make X a year. But I'm like, my daughter's going to be 25 years old. She's not going to live here. You know, sometimes I feel like we're always going to be in this moment, you know, like, because I still feel like I'm 18. So aren't my kids going to stay in the same thing? It's like, nah, bro, they're going to be gone. They're going to be gone doing yeah. their own thing. And it, it just brought a different reality to like, okay, well, maybe I don't need to get this done in one year. Maybe I could get it done in three so that I'm doing some of the other things that are important to me. This, this idea that you were saying, though, how fathers can change the world, family can change the world. Yeah. Like, I always go back to this root cause of problems, and I keep coming back to the breakup of the family. It just always goes back there. I'm like, oh, your, your mom was a mess. Your dad was a mess. Your family was a mess. Oh, my goodness. And now you're a mess. And then this bleeds over into all these behaviors and all this yeah. sadness and all this stuff that can carry over from generation to generation. It's like, dude, it's all the family, like family unit. That's it, man. And then family unit, dude, is like, it's everything. everything. Yeah. And I don't know why our culture makes it seem like it doesn't matter. Because our culture's sick, man. Our culture is <laughs> Yeah. really really sick you know that we all know that actually not everybody does know that um yeah this idea though that you're raising human beings you know to be good decent loving human beings like i don't know how people miss that and and you're raising you literally can raise and it doesn't matter how much money you make or where you're at like socioeconomic group you're either raising little little monsters or you're raising good human beings. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. Why does that matter? To They're you? out there, man. I, <laughs> it's every, because I care about, about the direction this world is going. Uh, yeah. Huge dude. That's and if statement. I was going to do like more, it's the truth though. I mean, I can look at all the underlying issues in a, in a local community, in our state, in our country, and just be like, man, we're, we're losing this battle, it seems like. There's so much sick, gross stuff that's yes. available for kids and things, and there's not enough voices that are standing up talking about what's real and what the truth is. And oftentimes... So if we're going to go back to from a religious standpoint, there's so many people that if they hear the word Jesus or they hear church involved, they will just shut off and they're not going to listen to you. So I would like to see more voices that are, regardless of what your faith is, that are just encouraging and pushing strong moral values, the family unit, fatherhood, responsibility. If you have a community, you know, whether it's your I know I'm going to say something wild here, whether it's your, your, your race, that maybe there's a particular problem in that, in that uh, community, maybe you should address it. Maybe we should pretend it, it shouldn't happen. And that goes for all races. That goes for all communities. If there are issues that are glaringly obvious, perhaps we can start trying to figure those out. Yes. Yeah. Same, same could be said for homelessness or mental illness or teen pregnancy. Like, Guys, there's solutions to these problems. It's just going to take a lot of effort from a lot of people that actually give a damn instead of being completely self-centered and just living for the moment and wanting to buy things and caring about money and caring about all this stuff that is nothing. So like, I can see what you're trying to do with this podcast, and I think it's awesome. 
Because as we get older, that idea of leaving a legacy and actually doing something with the gifts you were given, isn't that everything? And I've mm-hmm. awoken, I've awoken later in life to this, like going, oh, well, you have certain gifts that God gave you. You need to utilize those as far as you can for as long as you can, because the whole point of any human being being here, in my opinion, is to try to push humanity back towards God, back towards what is right, back towards love, back towards goodness. And if whether that's you're an artist or you're a podcaster, you're a great speaker, you're a great diplomat, whatever your skill set is that you have, your job is to make this world a better place. By the time you take that dirt nap and they put you in there, people are like, oh, he, he, he left it all on the table and he made a difference. Because you know you have these abilities, but we get caught up in eating food, surfing, doing just stuff that's kind of like doesn't really mean much. What you can do, maybe it's being the best mom or the best dad. That's a great place to start because who knows who you have in your household. Maybe you have a Gandhi in your house. Maybe you have a president. Maybe you don't, and that's okay too. But maybe... Maybe you have something really, really special there, you know, or maybe you're that person. (laughs) All right, here we go. Last question. So this podcast is fatherhood field notes. We're doing it right now. We've just been talking about our lives, talking about your life so we could learn and grow as fathers. Uh, The mantra behind it is rebel and create. And the idea with this is as men, we need something to fight for. And it could be something big, like some global thing we're fighting against or something small, like no phones at the dinner table. And then not just to tear something down to say, we don't do this because we don't do it. Like you and I both kind of shared, we felt like we heard in the church growing up, but why? Like, what are you going to create out of that? So what is John Freeman rebelling against? And what do you hope to create out of that rebellion, whether it be small or large? I'm rebelling against the status quo. I can't even say the word. It would help if I could say it. I'm rebelling against the fact that you need to have a nine to five and that you can't create the life you want to create. Um, sorry, this isn't about fatherhood at all. This is more about what I'm doing currently right now. Fatherhood, because you're creating a life that you're in, you know, you're, you're not gone from 6am until 6pm. You're creating a life I, where right now your son just walked over and said hi to you. I think right? a happy, a happy, a happy father and a happy mother that are doing the things they love is better for the whole family. Um, I thought I had to fit into a specific role for a lot of years, which for me was kind of being what my dad was, um, whether it was being a cop or being a firefighter. And then I realized, you know what, those aren't my strengths. And then I realized that it doesn't matter what age you are. I got over that whole twist in my head, like, you're too old. You should have started when you were 21. I realized that's that's a lie. And especially with humor, Like, I just think you get funnier and funnier the older you get. You look funnier. You sound funnier. You have more life experience. You have more stuff to pull from and to draw from. So I'm withdrawing from sitting in traffic, going to a job that you hate, working all these hours, just being a cog in the machine. Uh, I think right now, with the power of technology and the, the, the time we live in, what better time to do what you want? But here's the thing. Yes, it's scary not knowing sometimes if you're going to have that next paycheck or when you sit and talk about health insurance. But guess what? All the rewards are on the other side of fear. Every single radical thing that has happened to me has just been putting myself out into the world and going for it. And that's where everything good comes from. You get an idea, you get a good idea. The value of an idea lies in its in its use. You have to do something with it. So that's what I'm rebelling against. The boring life, the stagnant life. Like I just have found like if you want to make $10 million, find somebody who's made $10 million. They'll sit down and talk to you. You know, especially like if they're a little older and they want to give back. I sit down with people now and I'm like, I could have done this when I was 20. You can. Just Everything is available to you. All the information is here. Find it. Do what you want with your life. It is too short. It is way too short. 
You need to be happy as long as you're not hurting anybody else. You're not contributing evil into this world with however you're making money. Then I say go for it. And don't make another excuse for another day. Act now, dream big, and love all. That's my thing I used to see as a janitor that finally got into my head. It was on the wall in a second grade class. Dream big, love all, and act now. And as I was pushing the mop, I would look at it every day, and it's burned into my brain. I'm like, oh, that's it. Love everybody you meet. Have great relationships with people. Dream as big as you want as you can. Those same dreams you had when you were seven, eight years old. You can do it. And then act now. The whole thing is just getting started. It's so simple. And it's so exciting. And it's so much better than going to a day job that you hate, which so many people do. I worked in an office. It made me insane. But that's just me. Some people maybe love it, but not me, man. I want to create my own world and my own life. And I don't see any reason why I can't, unless I suffer a devastating head injury. Or something. <laughs> Dude, John, that's so powerful. And it's it's funny because like I'll tend to end things with a joke or laugh too be, because it's like, man, what I said was just like all so serious. And <laughs> so sometimes it's just easier. But look at it, man. It's like janitor, second grade class, sign. I'm going to take this serious. I was talking to a friend recently who's roughly our age. She's just like, man, I think I've plateaued. I think this is it. Just gonna kind of ride this thing out till I'm 60, 65. I'm like, holy God, like plug my ears. Like, dude, you can't believe that. You can't believe that. Like you said, I feel like I'm I'm just becoming a man, like just really becoming this confident, aware of like, whoa, my role is significant. I better take it seriously fun, you know, and and, and enjoy it. So, dude, what you just said is so powerful, and I really hope just resonates deeply with the dudes listening especially those who are early 20s, 30s, young kids. It's like, dude, go make what you want to make. Dude, I waited for so many years as if I needed permission from somebody to do the things I wanted to do or that I needed someone to just reach out of the sky and pluck me out of obscurity like like someone was going to come show up and be like, John, you are a fantastic entertainer here. Now that's not how it works. Yeah. You, you put yourself out into the universe, right? And then you get feedback from people around you. And then you make adjustments as you head towards your goals. It's super simple. And with podcasts and the amount of advice that's available to you, like there's no excuses. We know what our weaknesses are. We know what our strengths are. It only takes a little bit to go from excellent to extraordinary. So that's all I'm trying to do. Like, I've always been funny, but I want to be really funny. And I want to do it in a way that brings joy to people and laughter and also financial stability for myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. John, as, as we wrap this up, man, is there any last thoughts around father? I'm going to ask you my last question, but before I do, is there any last questions about fatherhood? Anything we didn't touch on that, that you feel like, man, I wish I would have said this or that? I think that there's a lot of men that maybe, I don't know, just there's a masculinity thing that we get caught up in sometimes where we're kind of pretending to be tough or rough or this or that. But I think where all the power lies is loving your children no matter how they are, whatever that is. If they don't want to play sports, if they're more feminine than masculine, just really giving them unconditional love and not trying to bend them to your will to go the direction you want them to go or to try to make them into something that they're not because it's something you wish you did. I see this approach with sports. I see it with parents pushing their children to go into certain professions, whether it's law or to become a doctor. And I just think it's so backwards and Mm. so lame. Find out what your kids dig, what they're into, and help them along with that that journey. It's like, that's it. It's not your life, dude. It's their life, right? 
it's the old bow and arrow thing. You're the bow, they're the arrow. Just line them up the right way and get the ego out of it, dude. Men and egos is massive. Like we started this out with the normal question. What do you do? That's sizing someone up to see how much money you make. That's something people always ask me. They're like, are you making any money off this yet? And it's always like, what? How's that your first question? Who cares? Yeah. You know, like, like, but that's ego and it's comparing and it's sizing up. And my hope is in the future, this next generation of boys, it's like the best type of man that all this stupid stuff that we kind of have dealt with and grown up with that, that sort of falls away. Yep. And the, the fakeness falls away. The ego kind of gets shattered and that a man is honest with himself, honest with his wife and everybody's all the better for it. The kids, the man, the woman, we're all better for it because we're yes. honest with ourselves. Right. Dude, that's yeah. it. Pretty simple. Hard to most execute are, on maybe, but yeah, most things are simple. Oh, wait, one other thing. One other thing. <laughs> okay. I, I want to share one very, very crucial key, I believe, to success. And that is the idea of getting out of your own way. And what does that mean? It means your your bad habits, those things that you do to yourself, whether it's because of self-hate, or just because you like certain things, you like to party, you you do this. Your habits can destroy you, or if you have self-control, the sky's the limit. So getting out of your own way means it doesn't have to be this hard. Like just let things happen. Like you don't have to go out of the way to destroy yourself, which is something I'm still working on because I like booze, but it's not good for me. It's even harder when people start giving you booze for free, right? you know, but that's me. Right. So like I see certain objects that are really going to make it hard for me to be successful. And so I think part of growing up and being a man is realizing your strengths, your weaknesses, and not destroying yourself, but setting yourself up for success. Get out of your own way, take a breath and move on. Mm. That's all. So good. So good. So for those who aren't already laughing hysterically at your videos, where can people find you? I was a silly man and I used my real name on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody told me a long time ago, like, if you're going to do something, put your name on it. And I'm, I'm stupid. So I was like, okay, (laughs) it's Jonathan Wayne Freeman. That's at Jonathan Wayne Freeman. That's my Instagram. You can find me there, whatever I'm doing. That's kind of my home base. And that's it. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at before, before, you know, I say anything else. I just want to tease something a little bit. I'm planning this next year on exploiting my entire family on YouTube. Hopefully we'll get two, three million followers. It's going to be the fakest thing you've ever seen. It's going to be like, oh, I'm a great dad, kind of silly. Here's my beautiful kids. Hopefully we make a lot of money off of it. I'm just kidding. I'm just, no, we're not doing that. Are you, gonna, are you putting your family on YouTube or no? No, absolutely not. But I assure, I assure, I assure you if I did, it would be a smash success. But I'm going to let my kids live their own childhood and not put dad's crazy uh, ideas you know, out for the world to see yeah. as they're developing yeah. brains. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you just see what it does to families. It just seems a bit much, seems a bit much. Just a bit, just a bit much. (laughs) Dad wants to hang out with us today because the film crew's here. (laughs) There's there's dad pretending to love us. Look at him. There he goes. And then camera, camera turns off. Actually, that should be my, that's the great, I'm going to give you a great idea to anyone listening. After the camera. It's a YouTube show. That's just all about this family. That when the camera's on, they're like the perfect family, but the whole show is really about off camera and they all hate each other. And that's where all the comedy comes from. Cause that's probably actually what's happening. Yeah. That would be, that would be a smash, but it would be awful to do. <clears throat> um, okay. Real quick, before I'm going to ask my last question, tell me about this midlife health minute. That's midlife like it actually matters. Yeah. Tell me. Yes. So it is a another Instagram site called the Midlife Health Minute, which is me 
and I discuss all my fears and scary thoughts about aging and dying. And, and I just realized like you're, you're not supposed to eat like you're a 15 year old, like have fast food every day when you're 41, cause you'll die. So it's all about my health journey. And I work for a company, um, called new greens that makes vitamins and things like that. So it's half selling stuff, but it's also half. They let me just do whatever I want. Yeah. So it'll be me like crying into a big Mac at like two in the morning in a parking lot, stuff like that. And I'm really trying to write, write the ship. That's why I shaved my head because it's the start of a new year. And I'm like, all right, going to get our act together, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get on track. I'm just curious what I would actually feel like if I really was super healthy, at least for like a year. I got to do it once in my life. So that's what I'm trying to do with the midlife health minute. Dig it. Dig it, man. Super good. Um, all right. Here's my last question for you. So imagine you are standing in a cul-de-sac 30 years from now, staring into the homes of your two boys. They are married with kids. What do you see? So as you peer through those windows, what's the legacy that you see? And it's not the money. It's not the house. It's the the way that they are acting. And you know that your day in, day out decisions that you've been making is what shaped those boys. You're asking what I see, right? Yeah, when what I'm, do you looking see? In, I'm, I'm 71 years old. I'm looking in and I see two not very... Not in a creepy way. <laughs> no, no, that old man, old man John's just hunched over in the cul-de-sac. I see two extremely well-adjusted, not perfect, mm. but good-hearted, strong human beings who treat others the way they want to be treated. They love their spouse with their whole heart. The people in their community value them because they're a good neighbor. They're a good friend. They're a good mm. listener. Yeah. They're not wasting their time. That is a gift from God. They're not wasting one second and they have smiles and there's laughter and they're having fun with the people around them. And they love their dad even though he's 71 and he's lurking in the cul-de-sac <laughs> gazing at them, they have huge hearts. Cause mm. to me at the end of the day, that is everything. Um, and love really does conquer all, all that, all the cheese, cheesy sayings in the world. That is the truth. Love is at the center of it all. And they don't judge anybody based on anything other than the content of their character. They have that, and it, it's not—it's not a religious thing. It's not—it's not anything. Yeah, it's the life. Fact, it's life, and they understand right conduct and bad conduct. And even mm. though they fall and they make mistakes, they pick themselves back up, and they're still able to talk to dear old dad. But you know what is crazy about this whole situation in the cul-de-sac? <laughs> next, next to dad is a twenty-five-year-old. It was just <laughs> smoke show. Mom passed away. Mom passed away in a terrible plane crash. So dad, this is actually his fourth wife. And she has she has a giant rock on her, her finger, because that's how dad rolls. And she is actually leaning against a Bentley. And then dad dad gets in the car and she drives him. Oh yeah. 25. And dad's eyes are bad. And as they drive off into the sunset. Dad is very happy because he's going to Ruth Chris to get a steak dinner with his 25-year-old smoking hot wife. And God bless God bless the boy's mom who's an angel in heaven. <laughs> oh, that was – you just painted the most beautiful picture. I know. It was good. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> John, man, I thank you so much for your time, bro. This has been so fun to talk real life to hear your heart really behind all your day's work, man, is, is to be fun, but to encourage people to go and enjoy their life, man, in a fun way. And so dude, keep doing what you're doing. Keep making us laugh. Keep being a great dad, a great husband, and uh, just following your path, man, of, of where you find enjoyment and living in that genius zone, man. I love it. I appreciate 
you so much. And I think what you're doing is putting positivity and goodness into the world at a time that desperately needs it. So I don't want you to stop. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, be honest and open with people as you move along down this road. And you won't you won't lose if you do that. And you're going to help more more people than you even realize. It's crazy. The reach that will come from what you're doing and is already you know, happening. So continue down the path as well. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, can I get one last uh, Shaka from you? Yes. Shaka! Yeah! That was a little weak. Wait, let me do another. Shaka! Shaka! It's not Shaka. It's Shaka. You have to <laughs> Shaka. Double Shaka. One mega Shaka. There you go. Was that incredible or what? I love this guy, really. Salt of the earth, amazing dude. Not too serious, not over the top. Okay, he's over the top. But the guy is really all about life, love, family, and enjoying it, not taking it too serious, but being the person you're supposed to be. Love it. Thanks, mad thanks to John for his time. Check it out every Monday. I put out the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast interviewing incredible dads like John. If you're interested in a shorter podcast, I put one out every Friday. Falls under the same spot, Rebel and Create, but as Craft of Fatherhood, where I discuss a question, a topic, topic of the month. So if there's something you'd like me to talk about, I don't have all the answers, but I'd love to talk about whatever it is. Shoot me an email, net at rebelandcreate.com. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That's who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. And if you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. Send it to him and say, bro, you're a great dad. You have what it takes. I thought you would enjoy this. Men, fathers, we have to build each other up. We have to encourage each other. So please do that. And if you're on iTunes, write a review because it helps spread the word that fatherhood matters.